Well, good evening to anyone tuning in from Doolins Grove. Thanks for inviting myself and Martin Road in New Zealand to be a part of this ministry and to connect with you all. Sorry, y'all. Uh, my name is Paul Gable, and it's a real privilege to be able to share in this time of devotions with all my brothers and sisters in Christ, even though you live halfway across the planet and basically in the past. This is going out at 7am on Wednesday while you're still languishing on, on Tuesday. So come on, keep up America. I'll apologise in advance for my face. It's pretty awesome making my internet debut looking like the mummy. I had a couple of benign skin lesions cut off this morning and it's, it's strange that they can fit in a clinic um, during the shutdown, but at the same time I can't even get a haircut. Well, anyway, that's um, <clears throat> no biggie, really. I always did have a face that was more suited to radio. And I'll also apologise that this is pre-recorded and that I won't be able to see any live chat or questions. That's because I'll be heading to work um, pretty soon. My job as an ICU technician is deemed essential, so I've had a very different lockdown experience than many of you. It's, it's basically business as usual. And hanging out for the weekend. Hello to Ron and Jan. If you're there, Ron, maybe he can translate if my accent's a bit hard to understand. He speaks a little bit of Kiwi. Um, and I'm thankful that Matt, your pastor, is a fine, upstanding man. I was getting a bit worried when my wife, Wendy, pretty much kicked me out of the car when she dropped me at work so that she could rush home to meet with Matt each day at 8 a.m., Nice to know there's nothing untoward going on there, then. On a serious note, some stories I've read recently um, over, the, over the last few days really suggest that the US is in for a trying time over the next couple of weeks, with COVID-19 peaking in certain hotspots. I guess we can't even relate. We are, we are in a very different situation than you, but please know that you're always in our prayers. Uh, prayers for safety and well-being for you and your loved ones. Prayers for strength of body and mind. And I'm aware that, as it says in Philippians 4.7, that as we bring our petitions and prayers before God with thanksgiving, then the peace of God, that incomprehensible peace, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's my prayer for you as you go through these trials. Now, the passage set for this morning talks about a related topic, and, and really the Apostle Paul could be writing to us today. Have a look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's a good passage, which, which contrasts, as it says in the title on my Bible, our present weaknesses with our glorious resurrection life. But I think Paul is modelling something else as well, something really relevant to what the world is experiencing right now. And that is 
an attitude not based on fear, but built on faith. How do we handle hardship? Who do we rely on? And do we let the all-pervasive attitudes of the world around us affect the way we think and behave? If you had to describe the predominant vibe of the world right now, I would say that it's one of fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of sickness or death, fear of an uncertain future. Even though we don't have any COVID patients in the ICU I work in, for the last two to three weeks we've been operating at this heightened level of anxiety. People are slightly manic and overly hyped up. They report that their sleep is disturbed because their mind is racing. They have an unease in the pit of their stomach. And they tend to think the worst case scenario is inevitable. Now, I can't even imagine what it must be like working in an overrun ICU with not enough resources and people succumbing to the illness in large numbers. That's truly nightmare stuff. But the fact is, in New Zealand, we're not in that situation, thank the Lord. So why so much fear and anxiety then? I feel it's because fear and faith are out of proportion. These two qualities can be found in all of us to a certain extent, and where one quality is dominant, the other is dormant. In mathematical terms, they are inversely proportional to each other. The more of one you have, the less of the other. Fear is dominant at the moment because faith and I guess specifically faith in God, has been pushed to one side. We all seem to have the potential to vacillate back and forth between fear and faith, and that's not really a good thing. One of our New Zealand Prime Minister's favourite buzzwords at the moment is flatten the curve. You probably hear it as well. If the, if the COVID curve is steep, then the health system is overrun with too many patients to treat. If you can flatten that curve, maybe over a longer period, then the numbers are more manageable. And I think that's something Christians should be aiming for as well. Flatten the peaks and troughs so that our faith is more level, maybe more constant, more resilient to the fear around us. And there are two things that King David makes reference to in Psalm 27, which can help us do just that. One is active and one is passive. The active measure is to seek. Verse 4 of Psalm 27 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. So firstly, he seeks to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, and this would be a place of calm detachment from the world. I guess the politics and wars of the nations couldn't reach him there. Secondly, David seeks to behold the beauty of the Lord. The word beauty is more correctly translated delightfulness or pleasantness. So how do we observe the delightfulness of the Lord? Well, we're, we're not really talking about physical characteristics, we can't see God, but more about his beautiful attributes, features such as holiness, truth, faithfulness, his amazing mercy and grace to us, or his righteousness and peace. David continually praises God for these attributes throughout the Psalms. 
The delightful things of God, I think, can also be seen in his handiwork. The beauty of nature is the obvious example, and David makes reference to this in Psalm 19.1, where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Lastly, David seeks to inquire in his, that is, God's temple. And this, once again, is a place of sanctuary and rest where he can really focus on the things of God. To inquire means to contemplate with admiration. You can imagine David wanting this type of reclusive and meditative lifestyle when you think of his previous life experiences. So that's the active one. By the way, the Hebrew word for seek means to diligently look for, to search earnestly until the object of the search is located. It suggests effort, and ongoing commitment. The other thing mentioned in Psalm 27 verse 14 is passive, and that is to wait on the Lord. Wait means to wait in faith. Waiting is not wasting time, it's what people of faith do when they're not actively seeking God. And sometimes as Psalms 46 10 says, it's good to just be still and know that I am God. And in those times as we wait in faith, David tells us back in Psalm 27 that God shall strengthen your heart, verse 14. While we lock down at home in a forced period of rest, it's actually a perfect time to be still and have our hearts strengthened, don't you think? I think that brings us back to 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly... We are being renewed day by day. Paul was another person who also understood the inverse relationship between fear and faith. But with him, I think, faith was dominant most of the time. It's not that he didn't understand fear. I'm sure he was afraid during the three times he was shipwrecked, spending a night and a day in the open sea. He had to be afraid when the angry mob started picking up stones or when he was beaten with rods. And I can relate. I was one of the first people to take Ron out driving when he was in New Zealand. So I understand mind-numbing fear. Actually, he did, he did pretty well, except he really liked switching on the wipers. So Paul understood fear, but he didn't indulge it in his life. He didn't allow it to sap his energy or or fill his mind. And he certainly didn't let it dominate his faith in God and the Lord Jesus. That's why he can say in our passage in 2 Corinthians 4, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Light and momentary troubles sounds a bit condescending at first glance, doesn't it? A bit dismissive. So, you're being persecuted by the Jews and the Romans, you'll get over it. So, you're shut in your homes and and people are dying in your country from a pandemic virus. It's just a speed bump on the road of life. But no, I think we understand it's not like that, is it? Paul's worldview is coloured by faith in his Lord and Saviour. And particularly in the plan of salvation that he knows has been set in stone. Compared to the future glory of resurrection life and eternity in relationship with our Heavenly Father, 
these troubles are momentary and light. We certainly don't have to like them at the time, but faith allows us to take a longer view of what's happening and it provides context. I really like the words Jesus spoke in Luke 21, 25-28, where he lists signs that would be precursors to his return. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Can you see the difference once again that faith makes? The nations will be gripped with fear, fainting from terror in the days before the return of the Lord. But those with faith, even though we will experience the same events, are told to stand up and lift up our heads. We've been granted the comfort of a worldview which removes a lot of the anxiety from the situation. I love that phrase, lift up your heads. It's so optimistic. Our eyes are up, looking for our Saviour to return. Verse 18 of our passage, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. To relate it to our current situation, uh, be informed, but don't fixate on the fear that's around us. This is not how the world ends. It's only temporary. Instead, focus on what will, what will last, what is eternal, faith that leads to salvation and the strengthening of our hearts. Eyes fixed upwards as we wait for the return of our Lord. One last observation for Christians. If you are feeling really anxious about the things that are going on, know that this is not what God intends for you. When our children were young and maybe they couldn't sleep or were worried about something, we taught them 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Another way to look at it is, it's not God who has given you a spirit of fear. He gets blamed for a lot of bad things, but it's not him. So who then? I guess you could blame it on Satan. There's nothing he'd like more than to see Christians with their head down. But actually, in most cases, it just comes from within ourselves. The good news then is that it's something we have influence over. We can change our perspective and view the world through the lenses of faith. And we know our Heavenly Father is more than happy to compensate for our, our lapses into fear if we have a desire to make a change. Well, I've, I've bent your ear enough this afternoon. May God's richest blessing be on you and the families you represent. Greetings and love from Marden Road to Doolins Grove. And may God continue to strengthen your faith and keep you in the days ahead, no matter what the situation we find ourselves in.